Hey there, everyone. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that in the time since we recorded this episode, your boys over here at Candare have been nominated for the Columbus Alive Best of Columbus 2018 in the category of the Best Local Podcast. Uh, we were blown away to find this out and uh, extremely honored at the same time. So, we come to you, the loyal listeners, and ask you to go to columbusalive.com forward slash vote and vote for the Canned Air podcast as the best local podcast. When you click the vote now option, go to number 65. That's the best local podcast category and click on Canned Air. There's a lot of other uh, categories you can vote on. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of. Best bar, best arcade. Uh, what else was there? Best dining experience, best theater. The list goes on and on. I think there were maybe like 85 total categories. You don't have to vote on all of them, though. You can just vote on the ones you want and then click the enter button. But just be sure in that best local podcast category, you select your friends over here at Candare. I want to thank everyone who helped to get us nominated. It's absolutely amazing to have even been nominated in the first place, but it would be even more amazing to spend a year as Columbus's best local podcast. So once again, if you can find a few minutes for us over here at Candare and go to columbusalive.com forward slash vote and again click on the vote now option go to number 65 select the candare podcast as your best local podcast all voting ends on march 5th and then the results will appear in the march 29th issue of columbus alive uh, which you can find about anywhere in columbus or you can go to their website columbusalive.com to find out who won there a big thank you to columbus alive and to our loyal listeners and uh, without any further ado let's start the show Conrad, Bureaucrat Level Grade 36, and you are listening to the Candair Podcast. No, stop it and get back to work. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about her Kickstarter for the comic Valthanius running until March 4th, we welcome Ashley West. Welcome, Ashley. Hi. We're going to have a good show today. We're going to be I agree. digging back into pop culture history for the Retro Roundtable once more. And uh, once again, we'll let you know what we're going to be talking about as uh, Jake does his old-timey radio reel, which I can't get enough of personally. It's one of my favorites, too. It's, it's, it's become uh, quite a classic, hasn't it? Let me reel back a little bit. <laughs> that are not right now. Oh. After, <laughs> gotta put it down. I got too excited. <laughs> then in the uh, comic vault, uh, what do we got, Jake? I've got a little webcomic called... Little's not the right word. I have a large, sprawling webcomic called Awful Hospital to share, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. All right. Well, really delivers on the title. I, I like it. Yeah. One of the things we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Ashley and talk Belthanius. But before we do that, Jake. Well, guys, it's that time again when I tell you to check us out on all of our social networking outlets. That's it's a special time between you and the listener, right? It there. is. You know, I feel most connected to our audience mm -hmm. right now when I'm begging them to send us likes and retweets <laughs> and downloads. Uh, but check us out on Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. 
Uh, don't forget to check us out on Patreon as well. That's yeah, right. Speaking of begging, right? We were thinking about maybe getting paid for doing this one of these days. Just a thought. I mean, you know, don't get freaked out or anything. But yeah. something to consider. Mull it over. Uh, also, if you're interested in some merchandise, society6.com forward slash Pod has you covered. I think that about covers it. Unless you want to head to our website and check out our special guest and contacts page. If you are a fan of the show and uh, like what we're doing here... If you do become a Patreon backer, you get access to a whole nother show we're doing. It's, it's, I mean, it's true. In the same similar vein, but uh, a little more relaxed, I think. Yeah. It's than, like uh, fireside chats with Candair. Yeah, yeah. It's like we've really gotten to know each other at that point. And that's the kind of show you're going to get. But anyway, that catalog is getting bigger. So uh, for very little a month, you can have access to our other shows. So please head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod. And with that, let's just dive right into the Retro Roundtable. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move up. Holy nightmare. Holy barracuda. week in pop culture history. 1980, ACDC's Bon Scott dies from alcohol poisoning. What a loss. 1982, Ozzy Osbourne is arrested for urinating on the Alamo. Wish we could trade him for Bon Scott. 2006, <laughs> iTunes sold its billionth music download, changing the music industry forever. So, this week in the Retro Roundtable, we're going to be talking about the digital age of music. A subject which which brings up no strong emotions one way or the other. Just a very nice, calm topic. (laughs) I don't know. I I got some strong feelings about it, I guess. But anyway, uh, where do we begin? Ashley? Uh, Yeah, so, I don't know. I wrote down a few notes and, like, like basically, I, I think why it's you know obviously so phenomenal is like it's the introduction of the cheap digital single like why buy an entire album when you can just buy the one song you like and create a playlist of the best of the best according to you know everyone uh, the the person basically absolutely Um, yeah so i couldn't agree with you anymore and that i don't know that's such a double-edged sword because that's a good and a bad thing yeah it's good because you can customize your listening experience right down to what you want you don't you're not obligated to going to fye and dropping 18 dollars <laughs> yeah. for one song right. you want anymore you know but at the same time i i think in some ways you close yourself off from a lot of what that artist brings to the table i can't yeah. tell you how many different tracks i've I've started out with the more popular, more widely played, oh, yeah. more accessible even track on a particular album. And a couple months in, I realized that, you know, the real the goal single is, becomes your least favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, all right, yeah, we've heard that one. Let me get to track seven where they change the tempo three times during the song and everything's in reverse. You know, just the weird stuff. And, you know, it it can be said about so many things, but especially about what we're talking about right here is that in a... In a rush to be as timely and as efficient as we can be, we leave behind experiences that enrich the thing we're trying to evolve. Does that make sense? And the album experience being one of them, because just like you're saying, you get that album, you start with that single, and before you know it, you end up loving these other songs, which you had no idea even existed, nor would have you ever. And it's this natural 
organic flow. It really is. That your musical tastes take on. You just sort of branch out in this very measured way. You just, all these little revelations, and you start to pick out the little specific things that you love, and that leads you in a new direction. And I think downloading music the way we do, one track at a time, it's convenient, but convenience is synthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something really by the numbers and tired and, and, and too precise for its own good. With something like music, it's something you have to feel. Mm-hmm. When you turn it into, you know, hunt and peck for just the tidbits you like, it's like buying a pizza with mushroom, pepperoni, and Italian sausage, picking off everything but the black olives. You know, it's just keep right. it all there. See what it's like together. Sure. You know, and if then you decide maybe next time I'll go with black olives only. I mean, I get it. I mean, music, especially back in the day, like CDs, freaking, well, even today, free, CDs are pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, if you weird. get it like for a dying medium, they're still. If you get crazy. it at Target, it's not bad. They're like eight to ten bucks maybe, but like. If, and we've talked about this on the show before. Go into an FYE nowadays, and you go to the back, and the CDs are still as expensive as they were back in the day. They've just been pushed out of the front by pop vinyls and Japanese snack candies. What about uh, you, Ashley? Did you come up with CDs, or did you come up only with the uh, digital age? Um, I was probably... I did listen to CDs, um, but, you know, like, my first experiences with iTunes, like, basically sixth grade. I started seeing kids with iPods and my initial reaction was like, like la ti da, like, you know, like, you know, obviously like, Oh, uh, you know, the, the cool kids or whatever. I, I don't know. Not, but you know, and then like the eighth grade, that's when I actually bought my first digital downloads. And then ninth grade was when I got my first, uh, iPod, like one gigabyte first generation nano. So, um, you know, like kind of that's kind of like my timeline and my first experiences with just iTunes in general. Sure. But um, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, like CDs. I, I, I did listen to them, and I still have, I still have like this book full of CDs in the front seat of my car, and I never touch them. I'm like, I really need to just <laughs> leave. Go. Like they've been there forever. They just need to, they need to go somewhere. I don't the know. sentimental it's, value. You know? Well, it's yeah. it's it's almost in the same realm now as at least for me, when I take a CD in the car with me. Nowadays, it's the same kind of thing as getting out an old Super Nintendo and plugging it in. It's the nostalgia, <laughs> yeah. you know, putting it in and being limited only to those 10 songs. Like, it's, this it's is got what a, you're It's got to. an appeal on its own now. Right. It's hard to have music ADD when you have only one CD to, yeah. in your player. You, you just kind of have to make do. And, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about it on the way down here because I, I had a very similar timeline listening to music as mm-hmm. Ashley did. I, I didn't have an MP3 player until I was 14. Right. I just kind of wasn't yeah. interested. I listened to everything on CD. Back then, I was weird with music. I don't know. Oh, I, no. I'm right there with the both of you. I had like three CDs. I had a Mozart sampler album. I had some Rammstein album. And then I had, I think, Trash by Alice Cooper. And like that was my <laughs> trinity. It was a weird comedy. Why does that explain so uh, much? Yeah, right? are, are the pieces starting to fit together in your head? Well, I, and I, you know, and I burned those right the hell out. And then my dad got me an MP3 player. Well, it was his old MP3 player. He's like, hey, I'm upgrading. Do you want this? And I'm like, I don't know, like a grandmother faced with an iPad or something. But when I adopted it, I was completely down. And then I started skipping tracks, you know, and it's good because I had this nice eclectic mix of music and I was mixing and matching. But 
Like just when I was driving down. Oh yeah, that first realization of like, you mean I can make a playlist of any songs I want that'll play like a CD? Oh my god, I'm the DJ. Yeah, you know all the power. (laughs) But just when I was driving down here, I I had a a playlist going, and I'm skipping through this and that. Like, oh, I've heard this. I don't want to hear that. I remember thinking to myself, the time I enjoy music the most is when I'm falling asleep to it, and I am either too tired or just too comfortable to change the track. And I just let my music come in the order it wants to present itself. Right. Yeah. And you start to appreciate it in a way that's hard to explain. You're just like, oh, man, I forgot how much I love this bit and this song. This track Think- reminds me of such and such. Think of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Chop that up. If it- you hear any of those tracks out of the album on the radio, yeah, it was a fun track. But that album is an experience. You know, yeah. it's not... Track one, track. Have you heard track five? It's <laughs> yeah. have you heard the album? Yeah, because it's one. I don't know. I think it's safe to say they wrote it with that experience mm-hmm. in mind, a start to finish sort of a journey. You know, mm-hmm. for I sure. Know, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm right there with the both of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Ashley was saying, you know, the first time our friend had one, he was telling us all about it, showing it to us, like, yeah, I've got all this music right here, and we're like. Pfft. That's never going to catch on. I'm going back <laughs> yeah. to my shoebox of CDs in the back seat, you know. <laughs> cool toy, spaceman. <laughs> but seriously, like driving around, um, I used to deliver pizza as my first job, like in high school. And, you know, you'd hear a song on a CD, take it out, throw it on the seat, grab another CD, pop it in, listen to a few songs, take it out, <laughs> yeah. pitch it. And by the time the night's over, you got to, you know, start matching all the CDs back to their cases. Mm-hmm. And I Nobody just wins. never wanted to give it a chance, never wanted to give the iPod a chance. I thought that was stupid. Well, we eventually got um, like a small one, like a mini, I think it was, the first mini that came out, maybe four gig, I think it was, and held about a thousand songs. It's amazing how few that seems now. Right. Yeah. And that's when, that was the first time we ever used iTunes. And the only reason we did is because Mountain Dew like was giving away under their caps codes for free songs so we were just hoarding these caps from people at work and our own can feed two addictions at once it's a double yeah and that's how we each made our first playlists on our first ipods but they still went to the wayside oh sure and it was it wasn't until we bought our bigger ipods that it really caught on and the cd started. once the ipods started doing more i think that's when i was hooked right and you could play games and it's got other programs Mm -hmm. notepad calculator etc it was that same feeling I remember getting like as a child when I got my first Walkman cassette player, you know, like being able to listen to your music anywhere and privately. I mean, it was, oh, it was amazing. Sure. Anyway. I wanted to mention, we've probably already kind of passed it up, but in, in terms of albums being an experience and things being even written with a particular order or sequence in mind, there was this band I used to love. Not to say I don't like them anymore, but there was a time I was big, big into them called Tides of Man, which has a very early 2000s kind of semi-falsetto. It's like that sound that was all the rage at that time. Okay. You know, Hard to define, but you'd know it if you heard it. Right, sure. And that was kind of a stumbling block for me. I'm like, I don't know if I dig this. Kind of sounds like something my sister would listen to. You know? Are you talking like something like the Strokes kind of a sound? No, no, like no. That? Something like... closer, something even... In a fallout boyish direction. Oh. Not stylistically, but in terms of the vocal range. Okay. But the thing that stood out is that these guys are outstanding musicians. 
like their instrumental talent was incredible and it took a while to hit me and i started listening to these tracks a lot just pick this and that from this and that album and it wasn't till i think three years ago just by some amazing coincidence two tracks played back to back that were also in sequence on an album and i realized that they fade into one another right and the dying note of the first track stays on that course in the beginning of the next and then it starts to rise and it becomes the foundation of the beat for the second and i was just like what have i been denying myself all this right. time you know i had this this realization that i've been cheapening the experience for so long right no there was nothing better than like on a friday night after school like loading into the car with your friends oh, man. going to the record store picking out a cd grabbing a coke and just cruising for the night listening to that music it was so much fun and I think that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess people can still cruise and listen to music, but sure. there's something about it. It was just fun. When things are harder to get, you treasure them more. Mm-hmm. I uh, was working at a CD store at the time, uh, Sam Goody, and we, at, you know, early 2000s, about the time that they this was all being ushered in. And one of the things that they were talking about bringing in to the company was the ability for customers to come in, sit down, choose 10 songs they want and we could download them and burn them onto a disc for them and you know it wasn't you know like a year or two later the ipods came out and that was just like bye bye oh, <laughs> it was a good idea at the time yeah it just changed so fast and that's the thing it's we're at an age where technology advances so quickly mm-hmm. we, we don't have time to wean ourselves off the previous thing before the next innovation shows sure. up you know we're at the point where we don't even want to. We get tired of everything, right. you know, in anticipation of the next thing. And I remember getting, you get too caught up in these things. When I had my MP3 player and the, the whole world was my oyster, I'm like, well, now I need music, but I'm not going to pay for it. Sure. So how do I get it? The answer to that is LimeWire. And anyone oh who's anyone God, LimeWire. Yeah, has obliterated their computer with LimeWire. Oh, before. yeah. I have a Dell laptop that has succumbed to LimeWire in this uh, I, if closet If you right touched here. it, you would probably get a cold or something. And uh, uh, there was another one, file share, uh, BearShare. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I remember BearShare, yeah. And fucked my computer up a number of times That's as well. That's what it's for. That's why you hold on to them reboot discs. Yeah. Man, peer-to-peer. <laughs> what a fan. Talk about a double-edged sword. Oh. My God. What about uh, some of the first things we purchased on iTunes? What about you, Ashley? Okay, I do remember the, some of the first things I downloaded. It, for some reason, it was Green Day and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know why. Yeah, that's I a like, combination. Like I'm down with that. I don't know why, though, but, like, because I, I guess it was the time. Like, Green Day had just come out with, like, a new album, so I was just kind of like really into it at that time like well, I don't, green day is so always a solid been, choice i'll sure. give that to you yeah it is and i do like green day i like their old stuff and their new stuff mm-hmm. so yeah but that was yeah that's some of the first stuff man yeah it's funny they say red hot chili peppers because i remember uh when stadium arcadium came out oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. 2005 six i mean that yeah that, it was that it was um it was, what was it was that song danny california danny california or that was like that's the what big I flagship yeah yeah. What were the other good ones on there? Everywhere. There were some other good songs in that. Oh my God, it's been so long. The title track was always my favorite. It had this very. That album is the perfect example of everything we had just been talking about. You the know, album I think you're experience, right. uh, Stadium Arcadium, for sure. It's definitely their uh, their white album, if you will. That's, it's that's their a good crowning wet sand. 
That's the one I'm always yes. thinking of. Best yes. track on the album. Oh, Wet high sick. five on that shit. Yeah, My that man. was a horrible high five. But <laughs> For the people at home, that was as <laughs> limp and weak as it sounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Wet Sand, what a track. And that was definitely one of the early albums I bought like wholesale from iTunes. I'm like, give me the whole thing with the bonus tracks, whatever. I think that might close our episode. I think close it should. Our episode. I think it should. Such a great track. What about you? First purchases on iTunes. The Death Album from uh, Metalocalypse, Death Clock. Mm. I was big, big into it around the time I just had like enough agency to right. download my own music. I wasn't dependent on anyone for it. So I was like, yeah, give me all of it. Give me the Nathan Explosion. I, man, I wish I could. Uh, I'm kind of envious of what Ashley's first purchases were. Now compared strong to, purchases. Compared yeah. to mine, but I, my first was either Sinead O'Connor's cover of the print song nothing compares to you oh. or a zach wilde and the black label society song which i can't remember the name of the song but either one has merit yeah but yeah i'd rather <laughs> have it been ashley's pick <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um another thing this you know the digital age of music is hurting is the music industry itself oh, yeah. and the way these artists are getting their money for you know their work is because it's not they don't make shit on albums. I don't think they made shit on albums when they were selling them in the store. So you know not. they're not making anything on <laughs> yeah. them now. It comes in the form of touring, you know. So the price of tour, uh, concerts and everything in turn goes up. So there's a and, uh, there's a big yeah, one. And, and selling merchandise at the concerts. Oh I yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. Mm. Yeah. It's got to be a good chunk of their uh, their income right there in itself. Maybe it's always been this way, and I'm just kind of looking back at what little history I've experienced with those rose-tinted glasses, but it seems like the music anymore is completely just secondary. You sell an artist on their personality, or the personality has been constructed for them right. to sell merchandise, to sell T-shirts. You're selling people an attitude, not musical talent. There is a uh, Tom Petty song that he had on his uh, last DJ album called When Money Becomes King. <laughs> and it's all about uh, him and his friends when they were young, you know, hawking off stuff to get enough money to buy concert tickets to go sure. see their favorite artist. And then, you know, halfway through the song, it changes to when they were older. You know, they get some money together, pull their friends together, and they go to see that person again. And he's not the same person. You know, he's been corporately yep. bought yep. out. You know, there's nothing but like beer commercials all around. And, you can tell he's not enjoying himself. How it just was the energy was sucked from it. And yeah, I don't know. That can be said about so I many mean, bands. God, the first time I heard "Dust in the Wind" on a car commercial, I <laughs> wanted to punch the television. It's like, yeah. who is your audience? You right. know, who's going to hear this? Bob Seger. Not that I was much of a fan to begin with. Is just what well, it's Toyota. That's it. You know what I mean? Is he's even musical in his own right? Does it just sell trucks? Like a rock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot That's about it. that. It's too bad. It's a I'd shame. rather Bob Seger be selling cars than Matthew McConaughey, though. That yeah. was kind of disturbing. I like the director of those commercials, though. Well, okay. Cool. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Vending Refn, he's a badass. Uh, I believe you. You ever seen Drive? Try, try, try. The, is that with uh, Ryan Gosling, Baby, Baby Goose? Goose? Yeah, that was a good movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't, but I oh, want to make the time. You need to watch it. It is so I don't know. Like it's just it's shocking. So I feel like yeah, in some absolutely 
Also, yeah. I, we uh, saw Baby Driver. That's a fun one. Just recently, yeah. and that was a lot of fun too. But I've heard a lot of good stuff about Driver. Yeah, yeah. Just drive, sir. Drive. Just drive. Excuse <laughs> me. I'm so sorry. I was just about to ask: Is that a don't let it happen again. movie version of the old game Driver? But no, I think oh. they did that too. Did they? They probably made some shitty like Asylum mock bluster Driver. driver Grand here. Theft Auto before Grand Theft Auto. God, I used to play the hell out of Driver. You and me both, and you I couldn't do anything except no. for drive. You couldn't even wreck properly. And, and once you reach that threshold where the cops are after you. They're just after you. They don't ever stop. No. It's just how long can you survive? It took, like, what, the second, third, Driver fourth Driver 2, game? you could get out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And run around. But that was about it. And at that point, it was just like, why shouldn't I just play Grand Theft Auto instead? You know, there was something mm-hmm. about being in the car. You are the wheel man, you know? That Driver 2 came out about the same time Grand Theft Auto 3 did. I mean, did it the, really? The first two. So they were kind of cashing in on that. Well, Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 were already out, but it was nothing They were top-down. Top-down yeah. view. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Wow, we got off topic. Can't get Grand Theft Auto on iTunes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, hell, Grand Theft Auto has a hell of a lot of licensed music these days. Oh, that is. Tremendous does. amount of the budget goes into Some it. Solid soundtracks right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I tell you what, it never got better for me than Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. There was a rock station, fictional station, in-game that had like the perfect mix of like post-punk and kind of melodic metal it's, i mean it, it would go from like danzig to raise rage against the machine it was just playing that game to that soundtrack was magnificent wow we've been talking about grand theft auto for the last three minutes so yeah, maybe we, yeah, we're, uh, maybe that's a good sign that we are yeah, out of content yeah, yeah. for this topic here so it was fun though it was actually hit me that right there i for- well, here you are, forgot to uh give that little tidbit of information that uh, you didn't read earlier I told you not to read was the reason we were doing this topic was because in 2006 iTunes sold its billionth music download and it was sold to Alec Ostrowski I think his name is pronounced of West Bloomfield he downloaded Speed of Sound by Coldplay (laughs) and as a result uh, Steve Jobs called him up personally and talked to him as well as send him a bunch of free iPod and iMac shit. Well, that's interesting. Just for buying a Coldplay song. Coldplay. I know of all the. It couldn't have been like Pink Floyd. Are you a Coldplay fan, Ashley? I'm sorry if you are. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm like very neutral. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah. You're not going to offend me. Look, you know what? We're all among friends. I okay. think. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. There was a time. There was a particular Coldplay track I was very into for a while. What was that? Clocks. Only the most, like, stereotypically Coldplay song. Hmm. The one it's that the keeps... one that goes... Yeah. Yeah, that whole... Where there's, like, a video of him looking like he's having yeah. a seizure or some yeah. shit. I, I saw someone... <laughs> they made a little illustration that summed up Coldplay beautifully. It said, uh... uh High and Dry, song by Radiohead, a cover by Coldplay, and then a little sticky note on the front that said, hey guys, what if we stretch this to, like, several albums? <laughs> it's kind of true. I'm not, yeah. a, not, a, not a fan. No. Not a fan. All right. <laughs> oh, they do have one that song, though. Note. The Society Six Shuffle. You remember that oh, one? It's probably their most uh, artistically meritorious trick. Yeah, well, it wasn't their song, but that's the song we're singing right here today. <laughs> Society6.com forward slash Candare Pod, where you can get your tasty Candare t shirts, your mugs, 
in your clocks, amongst other things. Uh, uh, interesting things, I, sh- I can say, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Guns. No, not guns. Oh. Not guns, but... Knives? Yeah. Imagine having your morning coffee in a canned air cup. Oh. Feel official. In a canned air can. It's, it's Imagine warm. spilling some of that coffee onto your canned air shirt. Boy, it's a two-for-one loss. Imagine wiping that coffee off your canned air shirt with canned air towel. You're just styling now. This can be a reality. Large. Yeah. Just a few presses with the end of your fingertip. That's what life is like on the top. Yeah. You're welcome. I got nothing else. I'm sick of trying to come up with shit. It's hard, dude. It really is. (laughs) Because the desperation (laughs) grinds you down. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah. Society6.com forward slash pod. Buy a shirt. Buy some moich. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. And um, I had a lot happening this weekend and do not have a comic to talk about. So I'm going to leave that on the two of you. Jake, would you like to open up this Ooh, week's if you don't comic mind. vault? I've got a real treat for you this week, guys. And I know I say that every time because I'm fond of that word treat. Listening to previous episodes, I'm starting to realize that. But I'm going to say it once more. This is a treat. It's called Awful Hospital. Literally the worst. Literally the worst ever. I'm sorry. That's the subtitle. And it is... A gem. This is a this is a, a unique premise. First off, it's got all the absurdity that you would come to expect from like a sort of '90s ish kids cartoon with the thinly veiled violence and the kind of disturbing imagery. Think something akin to like Invader Zim, okay, Billy and Mandy, maybe even Courage the Cowardly Dog to some extent. In that vein where, like, everything's probably a little more mature than it should be, but the kids are down, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's written from the—I'm not sure what perspective you would call this, but you are experiencing it in real time as the main character. And it's written almost like one of those old-school text adventures— if you remember, like, yeah. Zork and stuff, where you're yeah. like, examine wall. You know, it even has the little carrot key command inputs at the start of each panel. Wow. It's a, it's a fascinating move. And the story opens up with you, a mother whose child is getting progressively sicker. And it tells you in a, in a strange sort of flashback sequence, you've tried everything, but he keeps getting worse, sometimes much worse. And you just see a shadowy outline of some swaddled infant with what looks like tendrils or branches stalks of some kind just the silhouette of them growing out of its head in another panel it almost looks like a a mass of worms or maggots or something it says you were willing to try anything because it just wouldn't stop at least you think so maybe it was all a nightmare and you wake up in this absolutely atrocious hospital room it's covered in visible germs like it's it's filthy to the point that the germs themselves are visible to the human eye uh, the style is very disturbing, and I thought this was funny. There's a portrait on the wall of some malformed creature from a Junji Ito comic, that guy I was talking about right, last right, week. Right. So it all ties together a little bit. And before long, I guess what you would say your character is uh, is addressed by the, the presiding doctor, I guess, who is an actual living virus, you know, like the crystalline viral body right, right, with right. a nice little lab coat and glasses. <laughs> Doctor, PhD, MD, something, phage, etc. Mm-hmm. It's, it's phenomenal. And with web comics, it's difficult to go into detail because since they provide so much for free, like I've said a million times before, I don't like going on and on and on. But there's really something to this one. I, I've never read anything quite like it. It uh, 
it puts you in the shoes of the protagonist, really whether you want it to or not. It 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 feels interactive, even though thus far the story has been linear, and the illusion is just perfect. Not to mention the style is it's chaotic in a way that works. There are all these disparate elements. You'll have photorealistic imagery mashed up with just like baseline MS Paint doodles, but it's also pervasively unsettling. Everything about it just kind of gets under your skin in a way that makes you laugh, but also makes you kind of want to take a shower, and I love it. <laughs> so Awful Hospital, literally the worst ever. Couldn't be easier to find. Uh, just at Awful Hospital on Twitter. And you can check it out at bogleech.com. That's B-O-G-L-E-E-C-H.com forward slash Awful Hospital. But there's a lot more on that website. They've got creepypastas. They've got SCPs, which I've talked about before. Just really a, a smorgasbord for the people like myself. So I like it. Oh, yeah. High marks. Couldn't recommend it more. Nice. Awful Hospital. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It's going to be cool. All right, well, let's uh, look over to Ashley. What do you uh, have for us this week, Ashley? Okay, so I've got a few things. Well, i got one thing, but um, ah, where's my notes? There we go. Um, like Lately, I've been lo- reading a lot of manga, but I wanted to go with something that I definitely have read in it, its entirety and something that you guys probably might be familiar with, too. And I want to know your thoughts on it if you have read it, but that's Superman for Tomorrow. Have you guys read that? No, I'm not no, familiar with no. it. Okay, so it's by Brian Azzarello, or he's, he wrote it, and then Love Jim Lee did the Azzarello. illustrations, and Scott Lee or Scott Williams did the uh, illustrations as well. But I think it's mostly illustrated by Jim Lee. I mean, you, you could tell by just by looking at it. But, um, sure. Like, I read this probably two two or three years ago, and I it's – it's like maybe 200 pages or so it's it's a full length book um and the whole time i i was reading it i kept thinking like how like why like what if they made this into a movie you know like cuz basically it has to do with like superman he he like hears all of these people in his head but he can't like he can't save them all and then some of them end up actually like disappearing and like i don't know like how many like i don't know how i don't know what the percentage is but one of them is lois and so you know therein he he's already trying to find her and he can't get to her eventually he does get to her and they're like in another dimension and it's like a it's like a dimension that's kind of like it looks like a it's it looks like like the sea Okay, like it looks like basically if you were in the ocean and they took all the water away and you just kind of had like okay. all the coral there in the That's sand. That's a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah, and but no, but, it, it, but the, I say that, but it was pretty. It was almost like okay. the water had receded <laughs> a lot. You know what I mean? The water was still there, but everything just kind of looked like a beach. And but you know then. Uh, it, it got weird because General Zod showed up, and then there was this creature called Ekis. I can't remember pronounce his name. And, you know, he almost reminded me of, what's his name? Is it Doomsday? The new, that yes. monster, the new one? It kind of reminded me of that. But um, I don't even, like... Okay. This is bad because it's like I don't even remember how it ends. But I just kept thinking the entire time, what if they made this into a movie? Because a lot of people, 
like I went and heard their opinions on the internet and a lot of them were just like, what did I just read? Like, what the heck did I just read? I can't make sense of it. And so apparently I'm not the only one that's having a hard time understanding it, but I just thought it was, I don't know. I just thought it was intriguing. And so I wanted to bring it up and see if anybody had read it. So what's it called one more time? Superman for tomorrow. No, but boy, am I intrigued. Yeah. Like it sounds like it's something that's just left open it's, for interpretation. It's, beautiful and uh obviously you know jim lee and all um and i think a lot of people show up like batman's in it i think green lantern's in it uh you know there's just you know people i'm sure there's more i just i I just remember the obvious ones but um but yeah i would definitely check it out and read it It's, it's obviously a quick read but and um they have a really i have a really nice version it's like a hardback it comes with its own like book casing so it's really nice there are some very nice versions that you can buy out there and there's uh, a whole section like with sketches and you know cool bonus art and stuff so right that sounds awesome no i'm gonna look into that it makes me think of i've also uh talked about this movie on the show before uh, the movie adaptation with uh, Nicolas Cage, because the movie starts... I had always meant to see that, and I still... Oh, haven't. you really need to, because the movie... Well, now I feel like I shouldn't talk about no, it. No, by all means, it. go ahead. I'm probably... But it it starts with a certain kind of tone, and by the end of it, the tone has totally changed, and it just got weird. And, I don't know, I guess there's really no, like, big official end to it. It's just kind of left... It left me for, like, two days thinking about it. Like... <laughs> Why did that movie take that turn? And why did it end you know, the way it did? You know, it's incredible because... But it's that thinking about it and then having a realization, you know. I uh, Like, within the movie, they were making a movie. And he had to... Spoiler alert. He had to... You've had your fucking ch- time to no, watch it. It's been I, out I, for like 10 years. Come on. It's, it's hardly new. <laughs> but they had to get a, a new director for the movie he was making. And that's about the time in the movie you're watching that it gets weird. And then you realize everything you're watching, like the process, is the movie you're watching. <laughs> that's why the movie gets so weird is because that other director stepped in. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's just it's a story that you had to think about a lot after you had uh, ingested it and to get it. And I feel like that's the same kind of experience you could pull from the Superman sure. yeah. book. And I would like to read it and see if that is the case. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I mean it this time. I know you do. (laughs) All right. Well, with that all behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Ashley and talk about Valthanius. Thanks again for being with us today, Ashley. Yeah. um, Okay. So, right. So, in in short of it, I have a Kickstarter going on right now for the first issue of my comic, uh, Valthanius. And um, basically what it's about, it's it's kind of like, I don't know where to start, but I'll start. I oh, guess I'll start fine. with Just kind of us, like a Tell us all about line. the story. Yeah, I always so, feel better when the, the artist tells the listener rather than us trying to explain it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so basically it's kind of like this. The style is like very like sexy slash strange, and it's kind of manic. My my art style is really manic. I got a, a lot of expressions. Like I just kind of, I kind of like when you think of someone being like super, you know, if he's happy, like I'll draw their face like crazy, you know, or they're super angry. It, you know, it's like the most extreme kind of. Um, but anyways, it's a sexy, strange, manic, sci-fi epic about a guy and his id. And if 
if you're not if you're unfamiliar with the id it's basically the you know freudianism the id ego and superego and uh which kind of harkens back to um like a metaphorical uh i guess diagram of the human brain and how it's uh kind of d- divided up like kind of how we think and process our okay i guess decisions in life um and so the kind of and i'll go into more of that but that's kind of like the rules in the the world and the theme <laughs> the rules of the world and the themes of the story were inspired by the Freudian relationship between the id ego and super ego and um and so basically i kind of have like those I have like forms of those characters in my story. So I've got like ids, which are kind of like these little spectral imps that kind of follow around their egos, which are basically the the regular people, the person, the self. And then there's super egos, which are basically like um, these little Samaritans that kind of, you know, help out the egos and kind of steer them in directions. And, you know, and it's so, um, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of like the how I incorporated the id ego and super ego into the story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and so, but like in, in short, the, it's about the this guy named Thane. His name is Valthanius, but I just call him Thane. Um, and he's basically he he uh, gets locked away in a super prison. It's well, okay. I say super prison. It's a really really lax prison. Like there's not really any walls or like there's really no lock and key. They can just kind of do whatever they want because their ids are anybody that's a prisoner there. Their ids are um, locked away inside kind of like this microcosm. So they are unable to really escape from their kind of um, their job at hand, which I'll go into that more. And they can't really, can't really hurt any, like they can't, hurt anyone out of like malice like they have their job which is like id wrangling so basically these people that don't have their ids go and get more bad ids to put into the microcosm so they kind of like do their deed by uh helping out society i guess um trying to explain that to where it's understandable i'm trying not to get too much into the weeds but basically thane is an id wrangler so he goes and gets ids and takes them back to the microcosm and it helps him pay off his debt. So, so maybe one day he can get his id back. So that's basically kind of like his story. And, um, so, and I have other main characters. Um, but yeah, so I'm like starting, I feel like my, feel myself starting to go into the weeds here. No, so I'm you're trying fine. To, you're fine. I, I just uh, really love everything you're saying. I love the complexity and the yeah. thought. I'm just trying story. not to make it too like it's really not that it's really not that complicated and I feel like I'm like starting to like be like get it too far in but um but yeah and like I have like basically there's the characters are all like super cartoony it's pretty lighthearted. there are obviously serious moments but you know beneath all the hijinks and like the shenanigans that kind of go on it's really kind of about being free and like and when all of that comes crashing down no matter like the weight or 
the scale of you know whatever comes crashing down and then the feelings of longing and nostalgia for better days that follow that aftermath it, it, i think it's something that everybody can relate to and so like i it's kind of like a theme you'll see in the story sure so. I I gotta say one thing that uh, obviously we haven't read the story yet because this is a Kickstarter to get the story sure. made, but um, you know we have been able to get a close look at your artwork and I'm definitely very my down with the style. God, it's so good, it's so good, but it's not even like a singular style. It's almost like a melding of styles. The elements come yeah. and you mentioned and, you know having your characters very expressive and it it, it has that almost. A lot less, like, intentionally minimal and grotesque, obviously. It's got that almost like Joan and Vasquez sort of hyper-expressive, you know, hard angles, hard features. Yeah. Stopping shy of caricature, but everything is pronounced in the way I almost think of, like, a like a Greek tragic mask. You know, from mm-hmm. a distance, everything's very obvious. Perhaps it's exaggerated up close, but it it fits the style well enough. And I was definitely impressed. Well, I like how like the cart, like they're smaller, like more cartoony looking characters, and then there's like a uh, like a, a very voluptuous looking woman there who has to be drawn not so not as cartoony as the little characters. Yeah, kind of like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, you have yeah, Jessica and Rabbit. I, I even mentioned that like in my notes, like because like basically all the things that make up my story are kind of the things that I loved as a kid. It's kind of like Roger Rabbit. Okay, so you like yes. put Roger Rabbit in there and put like a little bit of like Don Bluth in there, and then you put like you know what else? <laughs> uh, like Looney Tunes and like I like dinosaurs and sharks. So let's put monsters in there, and you know so. <laughs> Like, yeah. I and I, I love uh, Thane's look too because he right. he's like Solly from Mon- Monsters Inc. rolled up with uh, Lobo from Superman. You <laughs> yeah. know, like he's, he's a perfect <laughs> mesh. I love it. But, I've got a soft spot for any like badass character that has a cigarette or cigar hanging out of his mouth at any given time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That I'm just I'm powerless it's against like that. It's like instant badass. Oh, shit, he's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I could be that cool. <laughs> so yeah. the Kickstarter we have going till March 4th. It looks like you had uh, some different reward options for backers on there. Uh, what, what are you uh, offering backers? So, yeah, like, so I've got obviously the $1 reward, which, you know, gets you uh, wallpaper. So, I mean, that's like, you know, my cell shaded cartoony. Like, I haven't even revealed what it is because it'll probably be something that I come up with in the, ne- the next eight months or so you know it's a little surprise um and then of course i'm offering uh, a digital pdf tier which is uh just the pdf by itself uh so no physical and then uh one tier is just the physical by itself and then i got another tier the physical comic that is i got another tier that actually is um it includes some sketches from my my art book and like what i like to do is i love just sketching out scenes that might be you know in future uh i guess issues of the comic um and and it gives me like a just a wealth of ideas um to kind of form around those scenes and then of course i always draw like i if i get it you know if i I need a character i'll that's kind of like my go-to place to you know draw up a character and then make a print out of it you know um just them posing so uh and then also i've got a tier where I do a custom commission of any character you want. And last, I think lastly, the best tier of all is like 
the highest tier is you can take home some of my original artwork. So no prints, it's the like actual paper I drew it on. So oh, I those are yeah, so those are a few of them. So that's that's good incentive. Good yeah, incentive to I don't do it a lot. It's really rare. So that's really cool. Now I always ask this of all of our guests, and I, I do it so uh, you know people have the opportunity to get out and see you if they can. Do you go to conventions at all? Yeah, um, I do. I go to one right now, just one. I go to uh, Amazing Vegas Con. Um, oh, wow, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, and that's like in the summer. I went last year with some um, some buddies, and I'm going again this year. So um, you know, I think it's I think it's uh, forgot. If, I keep forgetting the date. It's definitely I, I think it's uh, the last weekend of June, like where it kind of dips over like into July first pretty sure so uh yeah so i'll be there and um i had a blast last year i mean i worked my ass off like i seriously (laughs) did not go to i think i went to bed at what what like 5 a.m their time what would equivalent with the equivalent to my time would have been seven o'clock a.m and then i woke up three hours later or two hours later (laughs) yeah just working on commissions because i'll take like i'll take uh commissions while i'm there and so i can get like at least one done and then the other ones i have to mail off to them but uh it's fun um a lot of work but it's fun so yeah i can imagine well i mean we've done a very small con i can't imagine doing one that big but the amount of work that would go into it my god i mean that's a lot of people that's a lot of people i'd love to make my way back out to vegas one of these days i've never been oh it'll change yeah it it was my first time this last year and i didn't experience anything vegas at all except seeing maybe a few people kind of like on the floor groveling and you'll get those you know just i'm like oh you don't see that every day where i come from (laughs) See, I definitely have the urge to see Vegas shows, but I'm not like I don't care about gambling at all or going to casinos. Yeah. I, I tell you all. what, I I didn't. But I mean, I've been to a changed. casino, so just not in Vegas, and I I could have cared less. I was there not very long. I'm a little stuck on it these days. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I got scared money, so I don't win. Might need to never give you the candy or credit card. That's solid logic. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and hold on to that one. <laughs> Okay, well, Ashley, uh, we're going to be directing people to your Kickstarter page uh, via Sweet. Twitter and our website. But where else can uh, people check you out? Oh yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I've that's like my best place. Like I'm proud of Instagram. Like because it's like the one place I've been able to get gain like a following. Sure. But for good reason. I mean, it is for images um, and art. But or I think artists and pretty people probably or it probably benefits them the most (laughs) but um anyway yeah you can find me on instagram i'm pretty much gang gang feather on anything like everywhere that's what i am gang feather so like basically gang and then feather together so um yeah so like you can find me anywhere that's what i am so Awesome. Gang feather. Gang feather. Yeah. Well, there you have it, people. Head over to Kickstarter and back this project. Ashley, thank you so much again for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Jake, what do we have on the website? We got all kinds of goodies, folks. We got a special guest page where you can see some of our most interesting conversations. We've got a context page if you'd like your work to be featured on our podcast, as well as links to our merchandise page and all of our social networking outlets. That's Twitter, 
at canned air pod and Instagram at can uh, canned underscore air can hot square. Uh, and don't forget, people, we are on Patreon. So if you like what we do, toss a couple of bucks our way. No big deal, you know, but it's a huge one for us. And you get something in return. You sure do. We got to remind our listeners money. about that. Yeah. It's you're not just throwing money into an empty well. It's, something's coming back up the well for you. We're getting our exclusive Candare Patreon podcast. And I tell you what, if this show is classic rock, the Patreon pod is smooth jazz. Yeah, well, I, I can't imagine a lot of our listeners like jazz. Maybe some. I I didn't stop what, what do you, to what do you think the preferred, analyze this analogy. I just thought it would sound what cool. What do you think the preferred music is of our audience? Ooh, I'm going to go with Neo Retrowave. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I have a vague notion of what it is, but it sounded neat. That's good enough. I'm just bantering at this point anyway. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Ashley West. Thanks for listening, everyone. see this movie but wait timmy's blind but what am i supposed to do why not try a podcast spirit spirit all the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the canned air podcast finally a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation now we know and knowing is half the battle gi joe History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. 
So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.